Because portions of this true story may be frightening for younger listeners, we recommend parents listen first before sharing with their children. From Who's Your One, this is Kidnapped, a God Story. Episode 6, Exceptionally Cleared. The first time Chris Carrier met David McAllister, there was a kidnapping and a stabbing and a shooting. The second time Chris Carrier met David McAllister, there was a feeble old man and an awkward bedside reunion. It'd been 22 years since David McAllister had left Chris Carrier to die in the Florida Everglades, but it'd only been several days since he'd confessed to the crime. And that is how, on a Wednesday night in September 1996, Chris and a friend named Danny ended up driving to a nursing home in North Miami so Chris could say Lord knows what to the man who'd once tried to kill him. I had heard that he was rather cagey, that he didn't necessarily, you know, he was trying to still be the young, tough guy. And we walked in and and the beginning of that conversation was clearly, uh, gosh, the beginning of that conversation was very awkward. What do you say? What's the opening line? Good to see you again. You know, um, how are you? You know, and I, I don't even re- recall what I said. I think I fumbled through something to effectively say, I, I heard that you've confessed. And True to what I'd heard, he said, I didn't confess to anything. You heard fairy tales. So the wind was effectively out of my sails, but Danny on the other side of that bed began asking questions. He said, Mr. McAllister, do you know the Carrier family? He said, yes. He said, do you know Mr. Carrier's son, Chris? Yep. He asked him, he said, did you, did you ever go anywhere? with him, Jacob, just the two of you. Sure did. Where'd you go? What'd you do? He, uh, he said, we went hunting. Uh, but he, he, he then asked him this question. He said, what did you do next? Did you take him home? Or did you leave him out there? And that older man began to cry and said, I left him. And Danny, split second, said, did you ever wish that you could tell that young boy that you were sorry? And he just began to weep and said, yes. And Mr. McAllister, blind as he was and and weak in in his frail physical stature, rolled over in that bed, grabbed my hand as if he could have seen it. And with through the tears and the difficulty, said, I'm sorry. This is where one story ends and another one begins. I said to him, I said, Mr. McAllister, I want you to know There's nothing between you and me except our newfound friendship. I want you to know I forgive you. 
And I want our, our friendship to go beyond this place. And uh, I'd like to come back tomorrow and, and pick up where we left off and catch up for where we've been for the last two decades. In the days and weeks that followed, Chris Carrier, his wife, and his two young daughters returned to see David in the nursing home again, and again, and again. At that point, he was 77 years old, weighed give or take a pound, I think about 60 pounds, had nobody listed as next of kin. And such was the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And uh, we uh, had a lot of fun because he'd the girls were almost three and almost one. And so, you know, their little pitter-patter of steps and, and, and tender voices would come in and, and you could just see his spirits brighten. And um, it's interesting, I believe it was Susan Candiotti from CNN who had gone in with me at one point and stayed in after we had, had visited. And she asked him, you know, what's your impression? What, what do you think about what he said, what he's doing? And his response was, he, he's the best friend I ever had. For many people, the best friend I've ever had would be a perfectly satisfactory, happy ending. But it was then that Chris decided friendship was not enough. If I don't convey anything more than, gosh, I forgive you and I wanna be friends, that might be okay. But it's incomplete because when anybody asks, what is the hope in your life? I see something in your life that's, that's awkwardly different from the rest of the world. What is it? Scripture tells us you go and share that hope. So that's why, not too long after Chris and David reconnected, Chris woke his wife up very early one morning and told her, I have to go to the nursing home. I went back that morning and it was, it was a different kind of awkward. But I sat down and I told him, I said, Mr. McAllister, I'd like you to know what's really been kind of the source of my strength through all of this. And I asked him, just point, point blank, would, would you allow me to share that hope and, and love with you? And he said, sure. And so I shared the gospel as best I could, probably fumbling through it. And then I asked him, I said, would, would you like to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior too so that our friendship can be eternal? And he said, sure. But you're going to have to help me because I don't know what I'm doing. And I think in my mind, I thought, yeah, well, I don't know what I'm doing either. But we prayed together. And like the thief on the cross next to Jesus, who had earned everything he was getting, but only had one opportunity, and he took advantage of it and prayed. So did David McAllister. Less than one month later, David McAllister passed away. Now, today, buried somewhere in the files of the Coral Gables Police Department, there is an incident report. It's dated November 1st, 1997. 
It was written by Major Charles Shearer, an investigator who'd originally been assigned to the Carrier kidnapping case in December of 1974. It's Major Shearer's final report, and it describes in clinical law enforcement language the final reunion of Chris Carrier and David McAllister. And at the very bottom of the page, there's a handwritten note. It says, based on information received, this case is declared exceptionally cleared. I think not only was there not a doubt that he was the man they needed to, to satisfy justice, to close the case saying he confessed, but here was Major Scherer, and I think he recognized that this wasn't just closing a case, but there was a beginning as well. There was something better yet on the horizon and quite honestly, I think everybody that seemed to have a hand in it seemed to come to an idea that there's, there is hope here. And for those of us who have ever been in a position where we think, I'm good for nothing, I'm past the point of, of no return, I, I am unforgivable. Oh, please, look at what God did through this. What God did in my life and what he did in David's life have given me hope that there is nothing in this world that his grace is not bigger than. There is one more chapter to this story. Go to whosyourone.com slash kidnapped and watch episode seven now.